Hey, how are you? It's the Motown Rundown. Welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, welcome in. Glad to have you. Uh, today is, what day is it, Trent? Wednesday. It is Wednesday, September 8th. Wednesday, September 8th. I know yeah. that because my, my milk was set to expire today and I had to drink it all. How much milk did you drink? Quite a bit of milk. Can't let it go did away. You, uh, are you still doing that thing where you, the Ray Lewis thing, where you pull out the deck of cards and you're doing push-ups every day with the cards? Of course. The cards really? are right here. I got them right it's, here on my desk. So hard to do that. Like Trent said, yeah, it's easy. Like I, I tried doing it one day and I was like, this is a joke. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would rather, I feel like I would just rather go to the gym for two hours and lift weights. And then like, I would rather do, how long does it take you? Like, do you do it throughout the whole day? No, 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes. That's insane. It depends on the order. Depends on the order of the cards. You know, if you get two aces in a row, that's going to be real. Oh tough. yeah. And you're cashed, you're cashed out. I hear you. Um, but yeah, hey, a very exciting time of the year. Fall is in the air. I'm officially closing the book on summer. Um, I hate to be that guy. I know fall is supposed to start on September 21st or something like that. The weather here, knock on wood, in Michigan has been beautiful for more on the heavy set side of things. If you're, I, I said that improperly. If you're on the more heavy set side of things like myself, this is this is like the time of year where you thrive because you can still wear shorts and people aren't looking at you funny, but you're not getting the back sweat. You're not getting the duck butter. Apologies for the females that listen to this show. That was gross. But this is perfect, like big guy weather. I'm throwing. Well, that's good. I, I am glad then, even though you're not really a big guy and you guys always try to throw this around. But whatever, I'm, I'm happy for you then. Happy fall. Happy fall. We got a beautiful, beautiful slate of college football in last weekend. We'll talk about that before we get rolling on everything else. And of course, just like the sun rises every day, the Motown Rundown has a Detroit Lions season preview for you every single year. That is what today's show will be all about. No Red Wings, no Pistons, no Tigers. It's all Lions for the next hour and some change, depending on how long we get into the eventual rabbit hole of talking about Matthew Stafford and the Rams, because that will inevitably happen. But before we get into all that, we were talking about something before the show. Um, and I think this is a good time to talk about it. Trent, you've never seen, I think you should leave. I have not seen that. Do you know who Tim Robinson is? Trent? Nope. No clue. Dude, he's from Detroit. He has a show. <laughs> he had a show called the Detroiters. Don't know him. This is sad. Sad. <laughs> Sorry. Dude, that, that show. So I think you should leave is on Netflix. I'm not every time Fantastic. I say that, every time I say that, people are like, what do you mean I should leave? I think no, 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 no. It's what the show sloppy is. Sloppy steaks. That's what all you gotta say to them, Rams. Stop, sloppy steaks at Trufoni. It's not slipped back, it's pushed back. I mean, we, I could I could sit here and quote that show for the next hour. I know people that probably don't watch the show like don't eat, don't care at all. But maybe we should. I start a lot of people watch the shows. Maybe so. we should start giving recommendations. But this is this show. I think you should leave. There's two seasons out right now on Netflix, and I had a buddy or a, a group of buddies of mine that are in this. We're in this group chat together, and all they would talk about is this show. They would quote it. They would send gifts, memes, as they say. And I was like, this sounds like just the stupidest show of all time. And one day I decided to give it a try. And it's like one of those shows where you can watch it a hundred times 
and it never gets old. It's all skits. It's all skits that it's this sketch guy comedy. has done. Yeah, it's sketch comedy. And it's like I, I think I, I said this last year that you guys should watch this. Really? Did you? Yeah, it's been around like hundred percent. Well, season two just came out. Trent, if you want to have a laugh, I, I don't know. I he wasn't like a Trent. month ago, Rams. Yeah, well, it's kind of like just came out. It's like it came out <laughs> six months ago. I could see Trent being the kind of guy that doesn't like it. Like he's like, oh, it's too stupid. It's a waste of my brain power. Rams, have you watched Detroiters before? No, I haven't. Am I going to like that too? Isn't the guy, isn't the, the guy that does the Buff Boys competition, isn't he in there? Yeah, Sam Richardson. Detroiters. Sam Richardson also on Veep, which is a fantastic show. And he's Richard Splatt. He's like the best character in Veep. But Detroiters, fantastic. It just, my brother like made me watch it, like, because it's like my brother, one of my brother's favorite shows. Fantastic. It's really funny. And it has a lot of like inside Detroit jokes. There's like an episode where Rick Mahorn be, tries to become an actor. It's like really, it's really, really funny. Now Trent's, now Trent's going to watch that. There's like a sure. farmer, there's a bunch of farmer like Jack. Like references and stuff like that, like a yeah. Jomana reference. Vega. It has like all this. Stuff. It's fantastic. Jomana awesome. is unbelievable. By the way, I'm so glad you brought her up. Well, she's in it. There's like a commercial of her as like a dominatrix in the show. It's very funny. It's a funny <laughs> show. You should watch it. She's in the show. Yeah, dude. She's like she has like a cameo for a, a commercial. Wow. It's really short. She's not like in it, but like it's funny. That's funny. Watch Detroiters. But Rabs, what's it called? You were in Chicago for the Michigan State game, right? Yes, I was. We can talk about that. We can move into college football. How, how then move what's in. it called? Was it everything you dreamed of and more? From a standpoint of what? From what standpoint? How disappointing is Ryan Field? <laughs> well, I so okay. So let me let me let me because I've been there. Before. I'll I'll break it down. So. I have never been to Ryan Field. I believe this is outside of the Notre Dame game I went to, like, my freshman year at Notre Dame. This is the first visiting or away game for Michigan State football that I have been to. So, obviously, Ryan Field, home of the Northwestern Wildcats, all you hear about is, like, it's a high school field. It's a joke. It's embarrassing, whatever. And I'm like, how, like, okay, like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Like, like what like what are we talking about here? So, um, long story longer. We get out to Chicago, fired up. I'm staying with a with some friends of a friend that was in, you know, his frat at Michigan State. So, you know, everyone's fired. We get there Thursday night, get to watch the, the Ohio State game, which was awesome. And that's that's when the juices started flowing of like, okay, like it's it's you know, it's football season, and you wake up on Friday and the game wasn't until eight o'clock local time. But I was fired up. I was like ready to get going, right? We were, you know, walking around the city in Chicago, you know, is chaos all the time but we're walking around you know trying to get beer and, and food and all this stuff and so we take the train to Evanston from Wrigleyville took like a 30 or 40 minute train ride and we get off the train and like the first thing there, there were people like tailgating on a golf course or something or there was like this I mean, little does that. there was like this little area where people were tailgating and it was a very small pocket of people and then I was kind of like Ugh, like oh there's not much going on down here. So then we ended up walking. We actually had a spot in the stadium lot in one of the stadium lots at Ryan field. And from the outside, like it looks fine. You know, I, I like the architecture of the nice, like beige pillars. You just and, get to it that it sucks. dude. Well, okay. So tailgate was great. We get inside and immediately, like you, just, you look at the concession stands it stinks, and you're like, it Oh, stinks. you're like, wow. It, it's just, it, it's, it looks, it's like nothing. There's so few, 
areas in the stadium, in the concourse that looked like they were meant to be there. Like there was maybe like one concession stand that was built into the actual architecture and everything else is just like kettle corn huts. It, so it's, it's not, it's not a great walk around the concourse. And then when, once you get up like into the bowl, then you kind of get what everyone's saying of like, Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's high school. Cause it's all bleachers. And I guess I'm sure most college football stadiums are the same way, but it's all bleachers and you have the bleachers behind the end zone where you could literally like catch a pass and run out of the end zone and walk up into the stands. And yeah, I, I, but my thing is Collins, I, I didn't dislike it. I thought it was kind of cool. It just for a big 10 school and you're used to seeing games at the big house. You're used to seeing games at Spartan stadium. It's like the seating capacity is only like 40,000. So it is what it is, but I mean, yeah, you're like, there's like brownstone surrounding the stadium. It's just such a weird environment. Yeah. And the thing that's brutal is that the visiting team walks out onto the field, like in the middle of the concourse. Yeah. So you can't make a full lap around the concourse. Let's say if the, if this tunnel starts at like section 126, you have to get to section 127 by walking the complete opposite way around the field, which is crazy to me but yeah, it's like a lot of baseball stadiums i didn't realize that just comerica is not like that but i guess a lot of baseball stadiums are kind of like that oh i didn't realize that but oh yeah i know like the chase field in arizona is kind of like they have a little cut through for the players but yeah i look the, it is what it is i still had i love you know i love all stadiums just experiencing different things but yeah there was not much to write home about at all with that stadium it stinks um, dude it stinks out loud it sucks it's it's fine it, I, I love it, it wasn't because in I chicago it. i mean everyone would not say a good word about it, it yeah sucks. and so that's so like my next talking point here is the crowd and i would say it was you know people make the comment of like oh it was a home game for michigan state i think as far as numbers go it was probably like 50 50 maybe 60 40 wildcat fans um but it was like Obviously, the first play of the game to have the first. I actually thought the teams were still warming up. Like the kickoff happened, and I was kind of into it. And then I, you know, you see Kenneth Walker run around the side, and you're like, "Oh my god, the game has started!" And he's running for a 75 yard touchdown. So could not have started with a better um, opening to that game. And then at a certain point in the game, when you just kind of felt like all the juice was gone from Northwestern. I mean, the go green, go white chants were like deafening, and and the stadium wasn't even full. For a 40,000, like the, the seats behind the end zone, the one end zone that you can sit was not full at all. Like there was barely any people back there. So it was kind of bizarre. Um, but either way, cool, cool to have that experience to travel on the road. First game of the year, you know, first game of having fans back in the stadium for college football. And they looked really good, Michigan State. So we can talk about that for a few seconds and just give some college football Northwestern uh, sucked, so I don't even know what Michigan State is, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, it was – and, like, after they – after the first couple minutes of the game, you got the feeling of, like – like the, I, clearly they were favored because they were at home, and that usually with those three-point spreads – Well, they the were case. good last year. They are really good. Yeah, but the, I know they lost, like, a lot of guys, a lot of starters. So, I at least expected it to be a better game. I, you know, I truly was very hesitant to put any action on the game because I was like – Maybe Vegas knows Coward. something that I don't like, maybe, you know, maybe Northwestern's good. And, but I just, after all these things that you see all off season with Michigan state and just the juice that Mel Tucker brings and how many transfers they have coming over. And it's like, it's like, wow. Like I, I just had the feeling like, I think the four and a half game total for the win total is like pretty insulting. 
Listen, so if they beat know. if they beat Miami, they're starting seven and all. I'm serious. Mm, I don't know. Collins, you're the resident college football expert. What do you think? What do you what do you, what did you guys think of the game? What were your take? I mean, Trent, I listened to the Green and White report with you and Sloan. You guys broke it down. I thought it tremendously well, and I would agree with what most of you guys said. But what, what did you guys think of the game? What, what do you think of Michigan State? I mean, I am I here, by the way? Yeah, you're yeah. here. Loud okay. and clear. It says my internet connection is unstable, so well, I did notice. Fine. But uh, I don't know. I liked what I saw. Good play calling. Uh, it was nice to see them have a run game because they haven't had a run game in basically like four years or like five years since like LJ Stats like freshman year. Like you could make that argument. Their offense lines have putrid since then. So it was nice to see that early. Like say what you want about Northwestern's offense. Like I, I think Michigan State's defense is in a struggle against actually competent teams that can like because Northwestern shot themselves in the foot a lot offensively. But like I don't know. It's the first game. I liked what I saw though. I think they're a seven and five football team at least. Like yeah. I, I, yeah. I truly do think that a seven and five sits and sits at the worst. Like I I Say what you want about their ceiling and whatever, but they are a well-coached football team. You can just see that. So that's all I got to say. And we can we can talk about the Leos a little bit after trying to talk about the Spartans. Yeah, I don't I don't have much to add. I just think genuinely, if you you know, it's Youngtown State, then it's Miami, then Nebraska, Western Kentucky, Rutgers, Indiana, and that's the that's the lineup till Michigan at the end of October. So well, Indiana and Rutgers aren't bad. Neither, I mean, I don't know. Right, but like that's why I say if you beat Miami. In, in week three, I think it's realistic that you start like five or six and all, maybe seven and all. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I hope. I really hope. I, I agree with you, Collins. I think the pass defense is going to be pretty tough to watch sometimes. But oh, it's got torched like every play. So. Yeah. I mean, if they can just keep getting pressure on the quarterback, they'll be fine. Dude, I, I agree with you. Seven and five is very attainable. They're ha- like with all the transfers. I, I knew the whole offense basically because you hear these names and stuff. And Thorne got the start. I was happy about that because I always thought Thorne was the better option. Um, but um, half the guys in defense, I'm like, who is this? They're middle linebacker holiday. I had no clue who that guy was. Number 27 with no gloves. I'm like, this guy yeah. looks awful. He looks Wrong. awful. I was like, can someone get him like a shooting sleeve and some gloves so I have some confidence in him? Even He's though pretty. he played well, he played well, but whatever. I I don't know. I didn't know like half the guys on the defense for like half, for the first like quarter of the game, but I don't know. It was nice to see them. It feels like they're going in the right direction. That's all I gotta say. I'm not gonna make too much of it because I think Northwestern is ass, like they're ass. So I don't know. Well, season ticket holder Ryan Rabinowitz will be at the game on Saturday. There you go. East Lansing. So jealous. Are you are you coming by before? Yeah. Well, Trent, that's the thing. I you know I have a a buddy of mine and I we both got season tickets, and he's got a couple connections. You know, someone's in the Breslin lot. He's got a guy out right outside the stadium that we can. I look when I first bought these tickets, I was like, I'm going all out. We're getting, we're bringing the car down there. We're going to get the tent set up. We're going to have food. Cause in my mind, it's like, that's a place that, you know, friends and people you went to school with can come by and hang out and whatever. And he was like, no dude, first couple of years, like, let's just, you know, make our rounds, whatever and hop. But I try, you're honestly probably one of the only people left up there that I know is going to be getting after it on a game day. So I'll have to swing by the house and, Say what's up, and then I, I mean I don't know. You have season tickets, Trent? I do not. Well, yeah. If you, I mean, if you ever want to go to a game, let me know. I'll get you in there. Oh, what's, I will, the, I will. what's the problem? You you're not getting after it, Rebs. What's the point of having season tickets? No, 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 no. I, I'm saying 
what, what was I saying? I'm saying you're not gonna be at the tennis lot, tennis part. I mean, at the oh no, I was trying to like uh, ogle some women. No, no, no. Ogle. I'm that was first of all, we respect we respect women. That was the wrong. Podcast. That was the wrong one. No, I'm just I'm saying I, I'm more so saying my intentions were to set up my own tailgate, and I don't know how the pricing works as far as getting a reserved spot. You don't reserve it, buddy. But there's place. There's some places you do right. I don't, I don't, well, first of all, if you get in, you're talking to a person who's been tailgating in East Lansing. Yeah, you're right. I don't, I you're talking to a, you're talking to a Collins. Yeah. Yeah. What's it called? So there's certain lots like Breslin, which is Breslin's mostly like RVs and stuff like that. Or, and, and Spartan stadium where you have to pay and you get your lot like reserved. And then there's other lots like old horticulture and some other places around where you just have to get their, like not like early, early, but you just park there and that spot's just open for you. And it's like okay. first come, first serve. That's the majority of the tailgating up there. So it it's like twenty dollars to park. Yeah, I just I just didn't want I didn't want to roll up on someone and then be like, oh, who do you well, think? Well, first, you are? hey, dude, first game of the season is free, like fair game, and it, it's all yeah. love and war, like in finding your tailgating spot. I'm not kidding. There's been some battles some a couple of years. That's what I mean. I don't need to be like, hey man, like I've been here for the last 25 years. And it's like, well, well then dude, you move. A- or or you just say, hey, buddy, you should have got here earlier. Set the yeah. alarm a little bit earlier. Exactly. But that was my plan. And and my my buddy I'm coming with is like, no, you know, let's 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 give it a year or two and we'll just park the car somewhere and bounce around and and, and see people. So that's why you have guys like Trent. I'll be I'll be tailgating at Trent's place every every Saturday. Yep, come on through. I almost just gave up my address. To <laughs> That'd be so funny. Good thing I didn't do that. Oh, that's funny. But yeah, excited, excited to go. Excited to get back in East Lansing. But let's move on. I don't. I feel like people are probably tuning out by now. But hey, yeah. if Leo. you're still here, if you're still here, it is time for the as tradition will have it. This is the 2021-22 Detroit Lions season preview, brought to you by yours truly here at the Motown Rundown. Trent Bailey, per usual, has provided the questions. He's done the analysis. He's written down his notes. Um, I believe the way we're going to attack this is Trent has some questions that he will ask the group. He will give his answers, and we'll just talk about we'll just talk about the season and our season outlook. And you know, eventually we'll get to the picks, America's favorite uh, segment, the picks. Um, and yeah, Trent. Yeah. So how do you want us? how do you want to attack this? You want me to go me to answer first too, or do you want me to answer last? You can do whatever you want. You can mix it up if you want. We can we can mix and match. Do whatever first you question: How many? <laughs> I just say, I, <laughs> like, how many times Trent gets in an argument with an opposing fan at a game at Ford Field? Yeah, Trent, do you do that? Times. Do you do that, Trent? Are you get you get after with other people verbally? Yeah, I don't throw hands. I knew it. I didn't even know that. I you knew guys it. will find out. You guys will find out week three. Well, there there will be some guy walking in with a with a. Ray Lewis jersey on, and I'll be like, dude, where are you from? And he's going to be like, Dearborn. And I'm going to be like, you stink. You're a terrible He's like, person. yeah, I just, I just loved Madden 05. I got a Ray Lewis jersey. Yeah. Okay. 2005. It wasn't 05 then. Come on. Get with it. Sorry. Let's get after it. First first question is, on a scale of 1 to 10, what is your trust level in the new new regime, that being Sheila Fordham, Brad Holmes, and our, our very own, the beloved, Iron Dan Campbell? Collins, Five. you start. You start, Collins. Five. Explain. I just I, – I don't know how you have 
I like Brad Holmes. I like Dan Campbell. I think, what's it called? I said it when they hired Dan Campbell. I thought it was like the biggest overreaction in a good way. Like there's nothing wrong with like, okay, we had a guy that everyone hated. Let's bring in someone that the guys are actually going to want to play for. And it was a big time overreaction because he's on the other like side of the spectrum, like completely, which is fine. I don't care, but I, I don't know how you trust. I'm not going to be like the nepotism, like Lions fan or whatever. I like what Brad Holmes has done so far. I like what Dane Campbell has kind of like instilled that they're going to be have this like fun, hard nose and whatever. But like Dan Campbell's fun. If we're being honest here, the confidence level in Dan Campbell that won a Super Bowl with the Detroit Lions is very low for me. I'm just like, if we're being honest here, like we can be honest here. I can well, still I think, like I think the idea, the idea might have been, you know, partially just to get a, a like Dan a guy Campbell's that, really cutting it up in the exit, like with the X's and O's when we get to the NFC championship game. It's like hard for me to even like say that. Well, hey, he's gonna, I think in the long run, he's gonna attract a few free agents. I think people are gonna want to come play for I him. Ho- I hope, dude. I, I like Brad Holmes though. That's like the one thing I, I'm just saying. I it's hard for me to imagine that like. Like, wow, Dan Campbell really – like, I get – Campbell and Schwartz are very similar to me where it's like, okay, they had a nice little, like, regime change. Now let's actually get a real head coach. But I don't know. Okay. I hope it works out because I love Dan Campbell. I do. I love him. But I just – if if I'm going to try and be, like, somewhat objective, it's crazy for me to be like, no, what, 8 out of 10. This guy's proven. It's like okay, this well, offense well, is be cooking with gas. Like, guess I, what I my number like is. Guess what my number is. 8 out of 10. But Rabs can go first. Rabs, go for it. Um, I would say my number is a six. I really, really like Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes as people. And I think you talk, you talk about culture. They talk about culture a lot. And I am of the believer that culture is everything. I think these are the two right guys to change the culture just from a standpoint of like, Hey, we're going to treat you guys like professionals and it's going to be fun to play here. And we're going to play for each other. And I really respect that, and I think that you need it as a team. But I think Collins hit the nail on the head of just – I, Brett, or Dan Campbell has not done anything in the NFL that when the hire was made, I was like, this guy's going to be hard to beat with, with the way that he coaches the team. I think he's going to be a great motivator for these guys. But at a certain point, you have to game plan and you have to execute X's and O's. And do I have the utmost confidence that Dan Campbell is a guy that's like tapped in to, to the X's and O's of football? Not really, to be honest with you. So we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm optimistic and I'm hopeful, but when Ryan Collins makes a comment of like, I don't like, it's hard to sell me on seeing, Oh yeah. Dan Campbell's the guy that's going to get you to a super bowl. I said, totally Oh my God. Like that said, what, a, what a three, four adjustment by Campbell in the third quarter. Like, yeah, I, I, t- I totally agree with that comment of just like, it's, it's hard for me to, I think that he will be, he has the opportunity to be totally fine and, and get the lions back to a, you know, eight and or I don't even know they play 17 games now. What a nine. Yeah, and no, eight here, here's how you got to think of it. Here's how you got to think of it. It's like March madness now. Like it's like 10 and seven. It's a seven, 10 matchup or like, Five and twelve, you know what, what I mean. Uh, what is this logic? The March, the March Madness seating, like it's like a you can go sixteen and one now, not sixteen and zero, or you go. I, I get that, but that's no, that actually helps my brain a lot, Trev. That helps my my brain a ton. It does, but I, I yeah, I I would say my my confidence level is a six. Um, again, good good people, but these are two two guys that are are just unproven. You know, they've they've 
been a part of winning. I don't even know. Dan Campbell, like not so much, but they've been a part of winning organizations and they've been around some good people. Dan Campbell himself, I think was just, you know, he's a, whatever. He's a, he's a very good motivator. So I don't know a six. We'll, we'll see though. I mean, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm just telling you how it is. Like I I'm, I'm, I'm past the days of, you know, jumping off the cliff when the hire gets made, like, like Oh yeah. Like this is the, like, this is the hire. Like they, Rabs, you say that, and then on week one Sunday, we're going to get the annual text from Rabs about an hour before kickoff that says stress eating, pacing, can't. Yeah, can't, I mean, I can't stop I, moving. I'm always, I'm always all in, and like you know, you only get, you only get to watch 17 games of, of your team, and and all 17 games usually end in you not having an extra game after that. They're obviously not. I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year. Do I think they'll make the playoffs with Dan Campbell as their head coach? Maybe once or twice. Yes. Yeah. Dude. Yes. Okay. Sure. Okay. I my my Thanks. my confidence level is an eight. Okay. Now yep. let me explain why. Let me explain sure. why. It's so high. Why don't you say seven? Because they got six year deals, dude. Clearly, Sheila believes in these guys. And why, okay. what makes you believe in Sheila? Because Sheila grabbed the franchise by the balls and kicked Dumb and Dumber out the door midseason when the Fords never did that. Come on, that's dude, something. I could have done that. And oh, I know that's something about running a franchise. I understand. But look, they gave these guys six-year deals. So I have to be patient and trusted, especially in year one. Uh, the, the blueprint is simple. It's Brad Holmes is the smartest man in the building, and Dan Campbell is the motivator. So your, your coaching staff is phenomenal. Players love them. Not a single bad thing has come out about this head coach yet. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I trust it. Eight out of ten. But whatever. We don't have to spend a ton of time on that. Next, I want to I want to hear from you guys. What do you think the team's biggest strength is? And Collins, we'll go to you. Can you say that again? I did, I lost you for a second. What is what is the team's biggest strength? Uh, I I think everyone says the offensive line and stuff like that. I, I I think it's hard not to say that. I think it's pretty obvious and boring, and it's not like the hottest of take. Like like oh, watch out for the receivers, even though it's not because the receivers. I don't know if you have this question. Are I mean that's we'll the get next question. Out. Yeah, it's almost embarrassing what they're putting out at the wide receiver position. But offensive line, yeah, I would say it's their best group. Um, if you wanted like have a dark horse, I sneaky think their secondary could be pretty solid this year. Sneaky, just sneak. I, I think they could be a little bit better than what people think. But obviously, with Taylor Decker, Sewell struggled in the preseason, but I, I don't take any stock in preseason and. I, I mean, Frank Radnow has spoken for himself. He's a Pro Bowl caliber center. So I'm going to go with the O-line. Rams. Uh, the punter. Jack Fox. <laughs> oh, that's Jack a great, Fox. That's a, a great, a great pick. Great answer. Jack Fox. Great answer. Well, I mean, I, I would 100% agree that I think the offensive line, I, I am extremely confident in the offensive line. Um, so my answer was a bit tongue-in-cheek, but, I mean, truly, I think their their biggest strength is the fact that they'll be able to flip the field and, and, you know, give the defense a break. I would also say too, not to just name every position group. I actually think that the defensive line is not going to be bad. I mean, no, now I don't that think they're so either with they, this, actually, with MC States would be pretty good. Yeah. With this new scheme and you're going to allow Trey flowers to play more of a linebacker role. Um, we'll, well see and just, and just like blitzing a little bit here and there. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and I think, you know, between Romeo Aquara, I saw that Julian Aquara was listed like third on the depth chart, which sucks because I actually think that he's 
got an Dude, unbelievable skill set. Carlson that you guys have? The fact that Dude, he was good. really good in college before he like broke his arm or whatever. He was, was, was really going to be a first. College. I don't know. Whatever. He was going to be a first round pick until he got hurt. I just want to, dude. I I just want to see him play. Like my my patience is starting to run thin with like Deshaun Hand, who I think is hurt again. But Deshaun Deshaun Hand, Austin Bryant, like Julian Aquara, these are guys that have like been around and been poking their head in a little bit. Let him go. I I want to see what a guy like Austin Bryant has to offer playing in an outside linebacker role in this new scheme. Or I don't know if they're playing him off outside linebacker, defensive end, whatever. You know, the three four is is what it is. Um, but I I think that that's a group that I looked at. Even John Penasini looked looked really good last year. So I think they that's a solid group that might go overlooked that in this new scheme might be able to do some damage if they get home. So we're going we're gonna, to, we're going to find out in the first five minutes, the, the first two, two defensive stands, whether or not this team's going to struggle getting into the backfield or not. Like you're going to be able to tell right away. Yep. Agree. Um, I had offensive line written down, but just to be contrarian to you guys, I'll say the coaching staff, a little bit of a dark horse answer. I love the coaching Fine, staff. Board. It, no, no, no. It's a bunch of, it's a bunch of young guys. I know. Well, I just said that no, he said biggest strength. strength. He said biggest strength. He didn't say position. Group. Okay. Sorry. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I love, I love Anthony Lynn at offensive coordinator. I love what he was doing in, uh, I almost just said San Diego. I love what he was doing in LA before he got, uh, you know, let go because of the whole Justin Herbert situation. The only reason he wasn't able to be a head coach anymore was because of his clock management issues. And there's not going to be any of that. Aaron Glenn played the game like less than a decade ago. He's really respected around the league. Players love him. Players like to play for him. And he was a defensive back. So, you know, seeing that that might be one of the weaker spots on this roster right now, like I kind of like what they're doing there. And then obviously Dan Campbell's just the motivator. Randall L is the wide receiver coach. I, I just, I love, I just love the, the, the coaching staff, but now. I didn't um, know Antoine Randall L was the wide receivers coach until. Yeah, dude, he's, he's a beast is that and it's Antoine Randall shout out beast yeah shout out Steel City even though I hate them but um <laughs> let's go let's go team's biggest weakness Collins you first uh I think is I, I mean it's wide receiver have you seen the wide receiver room guys yeah let's just we, we can speed this answer up it, it yeah it is so bad and I in what's it called? Say what you want about Valeni. I lo- I love Valeni because I just think he's hilarious and really entertaining to listen to. But like I think he had a topic about this like two weeks ago. He goes, like people who want to like have a fair assessment about Jared Goff. It's obvious the Lions don't really care about Jared Goff's success if they're putting this wide receiver room out there because it's trash. It's so bad. It's like a, a Monty Brown is like your two, and he's like a fourth round pick. Yeah. I, like look, Kyra I, Williams is like a serviceable wide receiver. He's like a good like three or two. I picked him up on a fantasy team. team. He's your number him. one. Draft okay, is, well, it, it is I think trash. I think if anything, Goff is really going to fall in love with Swift on checkdowns, Williams on checkdowns, TJ Hawkinson's your number one. Fells can catch it. So I agree. Like downfield, there's not going to be any vertical yeah, plays. Like, yeah, no, I know what you mean. There's, the, the longest play of the season is going to be a run, not a pass. So that's great. I hope. I'm just saying. I, I mean, I Jared Goff hopes too because he's got he's got me on the like six on the depth chart running like fade routes for yeah. them. They got yeah, nobody. Tough. Rabs, do you have a different answer, or do you want to just keep moving it along? Um, as far as weakest position, yes. God, I would say 
I think they're like inside linebackers aren't very good. Like I don't think like Jamie Collins and company are all that great. I truly, I mean, our warrior impressed me a little bit. I mean, Collins was so cold on him last year, but I think he impressed me more than Jeff Okuda did last year. So it's, I, I think I always look at the secondary as just being as a Lions fan. I just have very, very few memories of there being a, like a solid secondary. So that, that could be an issue, but yeah, I would say wide receivers. I would actually disagree as far as like the deep ball. I, I think Tyrell Williams, if that's his game, is he's a he's a vertical threat. Geronimo Allison was a vertical threat too that that obviously didn't make the roster. So, you know, you, you don't see names that you recognize, and that can be scary. But we're gonna we're gonna put to the test the theory of wide receivers are a dime a dozen like that. And, 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 you know, you, Do you get believe of, that Rebs? Well, I obviously there are, there are a handful <laughs> of receivers in the league, like your Deandre that Hopkins. Was such a spin zone. <laughs> well, no, no, my, my spin, my spin zone. Yeah. It's you get rid of Kenny Galladay and the mindset is that money that you could spend on one receiver. You can, you can spread the wealth and go get guys at other positions to, to fill the need. So Obviously, it's apples to oranges because you don't have Stafford, you don't have got, you don't have Galladay, either of them on the team. But you know, Jared Goff, the Tyrell Williams, or Amon Ross, St. Brown, or Quintez Cephas, if they can produce and guys get open, because Lions receivers very rarely get open, and they can move the ball down the field, then you know, to a certain extent, I think that you can feel a bit more comfortable that Kenny Galladay's gone. Now, if they don't make any plays and no one's ever open and every ball is contested and, you know, they're dropping passes, then maybe we're thinking like, okay, you know, maybe was it worth it signing Kenny Galladay, which again, I will die on the hill of it probably wasn't for the money he ended up getting in, in New York. And it's obviously a weak group. There's not names that there's not names that you recognize, but when I, I think when you have a guy like TJ Hawkinson, you have a guy like Deandre Swift that can catch balls out of the backfield I think they'll be just fine in moving the ball. I mean, Jared Goff should have some time. And as much as I – I don't want to say that I rag on Jared Goff because I don't, but I, I, I obviously am not as – you know, I'm not very bullish on him. But I would say that he's at least competent throwing the football when, you know, if guys can get open. And that's I think that's what they'll try to do for him is just, you know, run. They're not, they're not going to be throwing 60-yard bombs down the field like Matthew Stafford could throw the ball up to Kenny or – or Calvin and go get it, but so your think? answer is the inside linebackers, then. Um, it's wide receivers. We don't need to talk. I mean, about yeah, this. it is wide receivers and like wide receivers plus Jamie Count. They have guys. I like Valenny said this. They have guys. I have no clue who they are, and yeah, I watch a lot of sport sports, like seriously. a lot. Yeah, Khalif Raymond returning punts and kicks. I love. I don't even know yeah. who that is. I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, next, who is the player you are most excited to watch? Collins. Okuda. I'm very Ooh. excited to see what Okuda looks like this year. I love I, that cause, answer. Because I mean, for all say, I'm I'm gonna give like all the guys the benefit of the doubt who played in their Patricia regime, like to an extent. I think Okuda is a guy who gets the benefit of the doubt because he was born into that like right. regime and like team. like Tavai so, wasn't Tavai wasn't one of those guys I get what you're saying no it's just not if you're like a four or five year guy or like six or seven year guy I already know who you are I, I just said Okuda I'm because I mean I hate to do this because I mean they basically did the same thing changing numbers from 30 to 23 but Darius Slay sucked as a rookie 
He was not good. And I understand Darius Slay was a second round pick, not the third pick in the draft. So it's a lot different and you expect more out of your third pick your rookie year. But I would say, I, I mean, I'm excited to see what Okuda looks like because if he sucks, that's that sucks. Because I mean, <laughs> I, I, it, it, it just sucks. I need, you just if we ever make t shirts, if we ever make t shirts, that's the first shirt we're making. It sucks. If to he suck, sucks, if he sucks, that, that sucks. <laughs> it sucks to suck is like one of the best phrases ever. I love saying that, but I would say it's Okuda because I think he is the most intriguing player to watch out of everyone. I mean, you can make a case for golf, and I think one of you guys will probably say that, but I, I think Okuda is one of the most intriguing to watch on this roster. Rabs? I would say the player I am most excited to watch, I'm going to give you two. I'm excited to watch Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, I, for whatever reason, I think it might just be his name of why I just love this guy. But I, from, from everything that I've read as far as the way he's looked in camp and in preseason, not that I have watched a snap of Lions preseason football, but I am excited to see the skill set that he brings. He appears to be a very high energy guy that will just, you know, go get balls. And I think he's got some, you know, pretty, pretty high end speed. I could be completely wrong on that. I just remember the bits and pieces I, I would see of him in college. Um, but hopefully he can, you know, you talk about a wide receiver room that's not very deep. Hopefully he can step up and he's one of those rookies that not that he'll be like a Justin Jefferson who kind of came, I shouldn't say out of nowhere, but, you know, turned a lot of heads of how productive he could be last year. Um, so hopefully he could be one of those guys. I would say the second guy I'm excited to watch, and I don't know if it's excitement more so of just who my eyes are going to be on. And if you have a question like that, I apologize, but I will. No, no, come. no. This is good. I would say Trey Flowers. Um, just because I think that Trey Flowers, when he gets stuck on the line, uh, very unfairly would get criticized. Obviously, the money. You had to look at the money, right, in his production. So I get it. But, you know, he he would get double teamed a fair share of, of, of times the last couple of years. And I get that. Not that he's been all that productive of a player. He has in flashes. But hopefully them moving him to, to, to more of an outside linebacker position in this 3-4 defense allows him to – you know, get freed up and, and, you know, we'll, we'll see the way that he, that he handles um, things from that position. I mean, I don't know if he has some, you know, if he's got wicked hands that he's all of a sudden going to be able to get a little bit of a running start into the backfield and blow past defenders at his age. I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, I've only ever gotten to see him as like a true DN, like stuck down on the line in his stance. Um, and so I'm excited to see him because I think that if you can get Trey flowers to be, relatively productive and cause some problems in the backfield, then, you know, that's a, that's a guy that you probably weren't, I don't want to say weren't leaning on as much, but almost a, a pleasant surprise of a guy that at least I didn't have, wouldn't have a ton of expectations coming into this year. Cause I look at that as a guy of like, it is what it is. You know, he's hasn't lived up to his money and that's whatever. All right. This is super off topic. And I, I'm going to let you finish Trent, but how does Salvador press at 42 home runs this year? I don't know. I think it's, <laughs> Sneaky. Okay, Quiet. sorry. Sorry, you can continue trying. I just it is just preposterous. You say 32. That's a great question, Collins. I don't know, but sorry, Trent. I always touch runoff. I feel bad about it. No, 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 no. No, that's how it works. Um, let me let me my, let me collect my thoughts here. Oh, player I'm most excited to watch as the only guy here who did watch the Lions preseason, it's Derek Barnes. And I'll tell you why. He's for for, for one, 
for one, he's wearing the old 55, the Stephen Tullock 55. Okay. <laughs> for, for two. Yeah, oh my God. Trent, I just love how much we're loser Lions fans. So you're just like, yeah, dude, he's repping 55. Shout out to Stephen Tullock. One of the more, like, acting like Stephen Tullock was Ray Lewis. He was a nice hey, player. People oh forget. Goodness. People people forget. He led the league in tackles one year. And then he he, he was he really good ACL before he blow his knee celebrating. out. Celebrating. Yeah, he, he was really good before that. Hey, it was warranted. He sacked the shit out of Jay Cutler and then towards ACL. But whatever, whatever. Um, <laughs> Derek Barnes, uh, he was absolutely great in the preseason. Electric, ball hawk, batted balls, tackles for loss, sacks. He's a beast. And I just think. After what you've seen out of these linebackers the last few years, and a lot of them aren't even here anymore. Christian Jones, gone. Jared Davis, gone. You know, you bring in Alex Anzalone, but I think that's more of a culture thing. I think he's a special teamer, and I don't think he's going to start. I think it's going to be Barnes. and He's, and, he's listed at, like, number one on the depth chart. He's also a captain. Yeah, I, I just think when it comes down to snaps by midseason, I think Derek Barnes is going to dethrone him. I just I, – I like what I – I love that pick when it happened, and I guess I wasn't really expecting to see him play so well in the preseason – Obviously, we got to see it translate. But, yes, that's the guy that I'm most excited to watch. I think he could really be a culture changer here in Detroit. All right, team MVP. Collins, who do you think the team MVP will be after we wrap up week 17? I think DeAndre Swift. Everyone says Hopkinson. I Hopkinson had a really, really good year last year. And Stafford, I mean, I think it was a big point of emphasis that Stafford didn't really have the targets he liked, other than Marvin and – I mean, Galladay was really unhealthy last year for them. So, I mean – I think Hopkinson's going to have a little bit of a regression, and I don't think that's uh, saying anything about Hopkinson. I just think it's the fact that you're going from Matt Stafford to Jared Goff. I don't think it's a huge drop-off, but I do think it's a drop-off. So I, I think Swift is going to be your bell cow, and there's going to be a lot of passing in the game with him too. So I, I think Swift is going to be their best player this year. I would uh, hot take. I don't think that's a hot take. I no, I was gonna say I I completely agree. That was like the first place my mind went was Hawk or Swift. Um, I DeAndre Swift now is obviously gonna have a bit more of a workload. No carry on, no Adrian Peterson, and no Adrian Peterson from the standpoint of him getting like charity carries. I think Jamal Williams is a great complimentary back to DeAndre Swift. Um, so hopefully he shows some sort of uh some sort of life. But I do think it's DeAndre Swift, whether it's going to be, you know, his hopefully he can, you know, they can hand him the ball 15 to 25 times a game and he can rush for over 100 yards and get in the end zone. But I just think his versatility as a running back, um, if you're looking for big plays from this team this year, that's the guy that's going to do it for you. That's the bottom line. So um, I don't necessarily see an MVP coming on defense. Um, So I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift. Okay, to spice things up, I'm going to pick a defensive player. Romeo Okwara is coming off a 10-sack season. He's mm-hmm. He had 11 tackles for loss. He had three forced fumbles and 44 tackles. That's awesome. Like, he kind of got yeah. snubbed from the Pro Bowl. If there, weren't, if there weren't so many great defensive linemen in the NFC, I mean, he'd be right there with the best of them. I think he takes another step. I think having Brockers there is really going to help. And just in general, this like, he got 10 sacks last year without the team blitzing once. So I just think – you know, him, him coming coming back and, you know, if the offense isn't going to be the strength of the team and it's going to be run heavy, Swift Swift is probably the odds on favorite if you're trying to pick an MVP, and that's I'm, that, that's fair. But I just I, – I want to really watch Romeo Aquara this year as he kind of plays that out, outside linebacker uh, role. I just think he's going to thrive. All right. Um, 
Now I want to talk about the sophomores on this team. And I kind of just want to run through them real quick. And I want you guys to tell me if you, they're going to make a jump or if they're going to have a slump. You like that? You like that? That's yeah. my little, Love that's it. my little, that's good. Way to mix it that up. That definitely was on pulled pizza for like 10 years. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love cold pizza back in the day. I love yeah, it. No clue what you're talking about. It used to be first aid. And then they, yeah, oh. they like made it different, but cold pizza used to rule. Okay. Well, here's my cold pizza. Sophomore jump or sophomore slump. Jeff Okuda. He played nine games last season, only six starts, had one interception and 47 tackles. Everyone knows he wasn't great, but Collins, do you think he jumps or slumps? Um, I, I hope he jumps. Uh, yeah, jumps. I don't think he'd be worse than he was last year. He sucked last year. I Fair. like he was bad. Yeah, he was he was not great. Rabs jump or slump? He, yeah, I mean, I, I think sucked he, last year. He, Can't be worse, right? All he has to do is, I mean, he can only jump. I think I, a a slump would be devastating. But I genuinely think that as long as he stays healthy. I think you'll you'll see him make some big time plays this year. Though I he just needs to look quicker. He I mean, there was a lot of times where it was like the whole thing with Okuda is like wow he's like really quick out of transitions. He can move his hips with the best of them and stuff. And then like you got there, you're like he doesn't look athletically gifted for a guy who's drafted third. So I just need to see some of those athletic gifts like. See like to see something. I didn't see any of that. You want to see some hip fluidity. Yeah, dude. I mean, did you see any of that? Did you see him like, wow, this guy is like an athletic freak? That's what you expect out of a top five. Yeah, Collins wants to see a little Elvis pelvis out of Jeff Okuda this year. You want to see a little, little, little more hip fluidity, as Rabs would say. But um, we don't have to spend time on that because you guys are right. Unless he gets hurt or something goes horribly, horribly wrong into hell in a handbasket, he will definitely make a jump. Okay, DeAndre Swift, thirteen games last year, four starts, five hundred twenty-one yards. Four and a half yards per attempt, eight touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns. Jump or slump, Collins? Uh, give me the name again. DeAndre Swift. <laughs> I didn't hear you, so I was trying to play it off like I, I was like like I was listening. No, Swifty. Sorry, I got to check my Snapchat, Trent. Some things are more important than the Motown Rundown. My yeah, some, Snapchat. Some things are more important than this Lions team. I I, I agree. What's it called? Uh. Yeah, jump. I I mean, I just think he's going to be such a prominent part in this offense. Like, I think they're going to really hammer it home. Like, we're going to run the football, play etch and fake. Like, that's all they're going to do offensively this year. So, yeah, jump. Rams, what do you think? Jump for me as well. I think his workload's going to be going to going to increase. Um, and I think he just has that skill set where he's so dynamic of a running back to where you get him the ball in space and he's going to make big plays happen. So, um, again, fingers crossed he stays healthy because that's the last thing you need is for him to get the carry-on treatment once, you know, God forbid he, he gets banged up and it just compounds from there. But I would say he takes a jump just because he's, he's you know, they're going to truly commit to him being the number one guy. All right, very good. Um, I, I agree. I think he's the number one guy. I think he's probably your best player on offense other than, you know, a couple guys in the offensive line in Hawkinson. So, yeah, he's your best player on offense besides, like, six guys, but whatever. Um. All right, Julian Okwara played six games last year, only had three tackles, one tackle for loss. He was on IR, I think, for part of the year or something. Um, but, Collins, you, you you seem to be not necessarily low on him. You're just not as high on him as me and Rabs are. So what do you think? Exactly. Like this guy was like going to be like a top five pick in the draft. I'm just I, – I, I, I'm going to be a first-round pick. He was. He was going to be. Yeah, Connor Cook was going to be a first-round pick the year before he came out, and then he was the four, a fourth-rounder. I'm just saying, like, things change. Okay. 
I mean, right. I don't. I don't I, no, I, if he plays, that's jumping. He didn't play at all last that's year. That's true. That's true. You're right. We don't have to spend time on that. Uh, we jumped. know how we jumped. know how Rabs feels. We know how Rabs feels. <laughs> I will. I will kind of. I will skip Jonah Jackson. Look, he started 16 games last year. He was good. Have, it was a good I draft. I have to imagine if Big V plays any games this year, and then you add Sewell to the mix. Big V is such a bad nickname, by the way. It's horrible. I mean, it's like it, it sounds like a fat <laughs> Italian guy who owns like a pizza joint in Brooklyn. That's what that sounds Whoa. like. What are you saying? There's something wrong with that? No, no, not at all. I'm just okay. saying that he doesn't sound like sounds an offensive like lineman to me. football team. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But look, you, you you there's no Crosby in the fold either. So just in terms of getting snaps, I think Jonah yeah, that was great. that was weird. I know we talked about it, but that that was just weird to me. Does um, he like that hurt? Is that what it was? Because he like got like he was good last year. I don't know. That was weird. Yeah, I think it's also because they've got these experimental guys like Stenberg and and Evan Brown, who they like. I think they want to just kind of develop some of those guys because they they really they do have some depth there. But um. All right, last one. Quint Cephas, 13 games last year, two starts, 349 yards, 17 and a half yards per reception. That kind of shocked me. Uh, and then two touchdowns. So do you think he jumps or slumps, Collins? What's it called? I was a big Quintess Cephas guy when he came out. And I- well, we we all were. Let me let me remind our listeners real quick that we all three picked him. To, we all three picked him. Yeah, how nuts was that? It was insane. It was pretty. It was pretty nuts. It was. It, it, it was pretty wild, as they say. <laughs> but uh, what's our Big Ten bias came out and it did us well. But yeah, yeah. Do you think he has a good year? I, I don't. I wasn't impressed last year, so I, I'm going to say slump. And I, I like Cephas coming out. He has good hands and whatever. Just physically, like he just like doesn't fit in today's NFL. He's like kind of like an old school possession receiver. And he just like, I don't know, you don't see any speed or whatever, or any separation as Rab's favorite line was when he would defend Stafford. The separation is the worst in the league. It, 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 it was. It, I know it, it was. You're not wrong. I'm just saying. I, like just throwing a ball into a mailbox. Off you, I'm just saying I, I don't see Cephas having like this huge breakout year. I think the wide receivers is one of the worst wide receivers rooms of all time. I don't know half the guys in the room. I don't know half of them. Yeah, on paper, it might be the worst one I've ever seen. Besides maybe, like, the New York Jets, like, two years ago. You're, like, hanging your head on Tyrell Williams, who had, like, a a good, like, half a season with the Raiders. As, as like, their third guy. Yeah, on, like, a 6-10 and team. That's who they're hanging their hat on. Rams, what do you think of Quint Cephas? Yeah, you know, I – I think it's 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 hard to look at a guy and say like oh he's gonna get worse in his second year because to be honest we we go back through all these guys out of the guys you named I mean like DeAndre Swift is really and the only guy that played like real time you know so so a lot of it for me is just if they're given the opportunity to play I think that's a good enough jump but I would have to agree with Collins on this of speed kills in the NFL, especially at the wide receiver position. And Quintez Cephas does not have it. Um, I, you know, he does have good hands as, as Colin said. And I think he, I can recall some relatively big catches that he made last year where he would pop up off the ground and be like, Oh, Hey, Quintez Cephas, nice catch. But I just, I just don't see him as some sort of game breaking wide receiver. That's going to get himself open and, and, and make catches and, and, you know, break plays down the field. I think he's going to be a great guy to have on the goal line if you need someone to go up and get a ball. Or, you know, he's got a pretty decent frame, but I, he's just there's just no 
you know, I, there, there's no speed and like they, you, you need it almost. So even him on the depth chart, I think he slid down a little bit. I, I don't think he's listed as a starter, which is bizarre. No. Like for, for, for these wide, like, again, I don't even know who some of these guys are. Tyrell Williams will obviously be a starter because he's like, as Colin said, the guy you hang your head on, but you'd think that Quintez Cephas is the guy for wide receiver two or three, but he's not, he's, he's, you know, a second string guy, which I don't want to call it concerning because I think he's a fine depth piece to come in off the bench, but he, he ain't no game breaker. And I won't necessarily call it a, uh, a slump as much as maybe a stagnation. And I know that's not an option. No, that, that can be an option. We can make that an option because I'll agree with you, Rabs. I think, you know, 350 yards is about what he's going to do again this year. I think his touchdown numbers go up. He only had two last year. I think he gets more than yeah, that they, by they default. Should. By I default, think, I think just because zone, he's going to be a fine target in the red zone. Yeah. But look, to be fair, though, before we move on, he is the second most experienced receiver in this receiver room. Which is which is that's like and that's like the uh, that's like yeah. the thing about like the longest tenured piston is now Killian Hayes, dude. Can, oh yeah. Can we get, take a quick detour and talk about? No, the no, no. We'll, well, let's hit that at the very end. Because <laughs> well, I got thoughts on that. Just say, can we just have? We don't need to talk about it super long. One of the weirder trades I've ever seen as a Pistons fan. Yeah, they just gave. Did we not talk about one. that. No, we didn't. I mean, Seiku, what I, I, I said it like two weeks ago. Seiku sucks. I'm sorry. It's not oh going to happen. God, he's 20 Get over years it. old. Get over it. If it happens, you know what? I'll, I'll like, I, I, we can do some sort of bet, but it's not going to happen with Seiku. I'm sorry. It's over. Well, especially now, dude, he's going to Brooklyn where he's not going to get any playing time. But whatever. I feel bad for him. I think that they gave up on him a little premature. But at Collins, I agree. Like, I can't get upset about it because he didn't show much in, in three years. But, they, they, I, you're, Trent, you're not right, wrong. The fact that they didn't give him like any opera, I don't think they served him well. I don't think the coaching staff. Won. Yeah, no, we, we, I, I didn't we think lost he had a good work ethic. We lost you for a sec, but what were you saying? I, I think it was pretty obvious that Dwayne Casey did not like his work ethic. Like it was pretty obvious that it was like. Yeah. So I, I I don't if you're getting a doghouse of the coaching staff, especially with like a very very young core, and you can't get playing minutes. I it, it just kind of seemed doomed ever since Casey got there. So I don't know. Whatever. Good luck to him. I, I had Seiku stuff. I thank God I sold it all before this. I'm yeah, I, I came out ahead. Okay. That's that's fair. That's fair. Collins, you did call that a while back too. But um we can close the book on that. And I guess now we can get to the meat to the we can get to the meat and potatoes of the actual predictions here before we wrap up the show. Um the Lions over under win total in Vegas is four and a half. Are you buying the over or the under, Collins? Under. Why? I think the Lions are going to suck. I, I said it a couple of weeks ago. I just – there's been a lot of weird, like, oh, the Lions aren't going to be that bad. Oh, their offensive line's not that bad. Like, I think people forgot how – I think this defense could be borderline awful. Like, I, I, like we said the D-line could be better than it looks, and I said maybe the secondary is just a little bit better because I think Tracy Walker and Jeff Okuda will play better. And you guys are high on OREA and some other guys. Maybe that works out. Whatever. I just like there's no talent on this roster. And I think the Lions organization kind of knows that. And, and they understand that this year's kind of like a retooling year. Let's find some guys that we want to build like the future with in our culture, like Sewell, like Swift, and these other guys. And say golf has a really good year. You can flip them. I just I think they're punting on this year. I truly believe that. And I think they're gonna suck. 
Okay. Uh, I, I mean, that, that kind yeah. of plays into the whole six-year contract for day. I, I, I hear you. I'm going to say over, but I'll justify that later. Rabs, you got over under? Five and a half, correct? Four and a half. Four and a half. Wow. Um, the schedule is impossible. It really is. I mean, you want to play the impossible. game. Of, it's just they suck. Dude, 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 dude. The schedule is impossible. So if you want to look at it from that standpoint alone, um, it's going to be it, – it's really hard for me to go through and find wins. And honestly, the wins are just like the default. Oh, they'll split with the Vikings. They should split with the Bears. They might split with the Pack. Like that's that's how I'm finding wins. And I know that's – you know, doing the schedule thing is, is not great. Trent, I, I'm going to say – I mean – it would be a different situation, I think, if you had a rookie quarterback. Um, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. God, you know what? Four I'm gonna and say thirteen f- Rabs, four and thirteen. I'm gonna well, I'm gonna say five wins. So at four and I thought it was five and a half. If it's four and a half, I'll I'll take the over. But it's it to me, they're they're a five win team. Six wins is like almost overachieving to me, and I don't mean to be glass half empty. It's just there's a there's an element of the it's like the, the, I made this comment all the time last year of like you know I thought the roster was actually not bad last year the roster this year is not good I mean outside okay, of your well, offensive line like you don't have any dude, weapons besides well listen listen the defense was so bad and there there's been a lot of turnover what has made defense. what has made this team better though Trent D- give me like one well, thing nothing, that is better about this team the coach how Matt about Patricia. the coach how about the coaching staff and the scheme yeah, they're going to run isn't like if seven you, wins. If, if, but if you don't rush the quarterback you're not going to win more than 3 games and the and they didn't they didn't with Patricia that's the thing but that's the thing Trent is like i i think if they can just do that and, and be relatively aggressive on defense to the point where it's not easy to play against them and move the ball that like, that's what it comes down to. And and, and maybe that is a cliche cop out of defense wins championships. But to me, like you want to talk about coaching, they could not get home at all last year, like ever, they would go possession after possession after possession, and there'd be no pressure on the quarterback and they would just pick apart the secondary. So I don't know if it's going to be a combination of, players and personnel because the personnel as much as it you know you've had some additions there's still relatively some of the same guys so hopefully it's the scheme that that just opens things up but if they can't get to the quarterback dude it's going to be a long year and if they can't solve that problem then i don't have a lot of faith they will get to the quarterback more than they did last year by default okay and last year they won five games and I understand you had Matthew Stafford and Rabs. You hit the nail on the head earlier when you said it would be a different situation if you had a rookie quarterback like, say, Trey Lance or Zach Wilson or Mac Jones right in here right now, because that's not the case. You've got Jared Goff, and and I know people don't want to hear all this stuff. He's been to Super Bowl, blah blah blah. It, it, it I, I don't want to do that. But look, I'll, I'll I'll take the over because Goff isn't going to lose you games. The coaching staff is awesome. You have a great old line and you have a, you have like a top 15 running back. That's not the worst team in the league. That's not four wins. I don't know, especially in a 17 win season, 17 game season, excuse me. Yeah. Um, I, I think I, I would take the over at four and a half. And so five is the answer. All right. All right. I think five is attainable. Um, now let's do Let's do a record prediction real quick. And then we can, we can get to the final little dessert questions. Uh, Collins, what do you think the record's going to be in a 17 game schedule? 
I honestly think they win four games. So you think four and thirteen? Yeah, I think it's that. I think that line's pretty good. Does that if they get one of those games, they like I, I don't know. Like I think they'll be competent enough. I think golf is competent enough to like. Because the schedule looks tough now, but it's like the NFL. It's such a year to year league. Like yeah. they're one of those teams that we think is tough is going to be trash. So I I think they'll like beat trash a couple of trash teams or whatever. But I just don't think they can compete with good teams on weekend week out. I think they're going to stink. I really do. They're going to be in the same spot I think they are in the draft this year, like seven or six. Like I, 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 I'm very interested to see what like the first pick is with 17 games. Like I, I like I don't know what that one crossover game is to be out of the conference, but I don't know four. I think they're going to win four games. I have zero That's- juice reliance this year. I said this a couple of weeks ago. Like I could see myself as like uh, uh, Red Zone might be TV one this year. Wow. Oh, That's come not, on. Come on. It's not until true. like week three, but like if That's I see enough true. by week two, I'm like red zone TV, TV one. Okay. That's not true. Okay. Okay. We'll see. You're going to have to keep us posted on that, Collins, because that's interesting. I know. I'm, 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 I'm going to call your bluff on that, but I believe it that I, I watch Lions. I, you know me. I watch the Lions. Yes, I, I know. I know. But I believe that that thought is at least in your head. But Rabs, Rabs, what's your record prediction? I would say 5-11-1. and one. That's my record. You prediction. think they're going to tie it? <laughs> I do. I think they'll I think they'll I think they'll somehow find their way into some game they have no business being in and we're going to be sweating out a tie. Like it's like, going like to be one of those things. Like the Steelers game or the Browns yeah, game? Sure, yeah. It's like I it's just going to be one of those things of like how did they force this game to overtime? And you just know they don't have anything to actually win the game, so you're hoping it's just a tie. And I think they will. I got to go off the board. I got to be unique. So five eleven and one is is going to be my prediction. And and for Dan Campbell's first year, um, fine with that. If they win, if they win two games or three games, I'll be very disappointed. But you know, five six, like I well, sure, and you, and you get better, and you reevaluate, and you get better throughout through the draft, and hopefully through free agency. And I don't know, you know, you, you have another. You have another, or not another, but this is the first year that this coaching staff, who seems like they'll be together for hopefully the majority of the six years, assuming all goes well. I, you know, we haven't even really gone into the weeds of like, like you know, the the coordinators and what if Anthony Lynn stinks and they can't move the ball and all that stuff. He won't. He's great. He's a great offensive coach. He's going to be fantastic. So, but that just, I'm just saying you have to take that into account because that might happen. But I think this coaching staff will be together for the most part for a considerable amount of time and considerable amount of time by NFL standards is, you know. Okay. So you've got, you've got five, 11 and one. Yeah, geez, sorry, we got something to do. No, 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 no. It's just I, I, I get, I, I get you, I get you. Ran me I, over there. Seven and ten, seven and ten, and we are wildly impressed, and we see a lot of leaps and bounds from Jeff Okuda, so, DeAndre Swift. Trent, Julian if the Okuda. lines are seven or ten, are you like? We shouldn't take a quarterback because if they go seven to ten, I would be. I'm assuming Jared well, dude, Goff it, has a, it, it a depends. Yeah, it, it depends because yeah, I guess that's an unfair. We can't really assess that yet because what if they no, go no, seven to ten know, and Golf was great? Because because people forget like Golf is still 26 years old. He's got four or five more years in his prime, so like he deserves the chance to at least like 
But what's the problem? Are you in the camp like he has a good year? You're like, even if he has a good year, I don't. The Lions probably aren't. The Lions aren't making the playoffs. Well, yeah, no. That, if he has a good year, like, hey, because I mean, there's people who are saying this draft class for quarterbacks is not the strongest. Are you in the camp? You're like, hey, let's roll the dice on golf one more time as we're trying to win. Maybe, but it also could be a situation like the 49ers where it's like you got Garoppolo, you draft Lance, you're going to start Garoppolo week one, but you might have some packages for Lance. It could be something like that. You know what I mean? I, 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 I'd, be, I'd be honest with you. If I had a gun to my head right now, Goff isn't the future, but he deserves the chance to at least prove himself. I, I say 7-10 and 10, literally just because it's any given Sunday. Rabs, you nailed it. I think they are going to get two wins in the division. I don't know where. It's most likely going to be Vikings. You have to. You have to. It's it's most likely Bears and and Vikings at home. But I I think you also – I think you beat the Bengals at home. I think you beat the Eagles at home. I think you can win at Falcons, at Broncos. Like, that's six wins. And then, say, you you win a game that, like you say, Rabs, you have no business winning the Steelers game, the Browns game, the Ravens game when we're all there. You know, the 49ers week one with the crowd amped up because they haven't been in the building since 2019. I could see something like that happening. And I guess ultimately that's why I'm sitting at seven and 10. Now is my head more saying six and six and 11? Absolutely. But I have to give, I have to give the one game edge because I'm a diehard optimistic, optimistic guy. So that's it. That's it. So, so, so Rabs, Rabs and I have the over Rabs has a tie in there and Collins has the under, but we're all right there within the, the four to four to six slash seven range. So that's, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's Dan Campbell's first season. But next question, second to last question. We have one more after this. Where do the Lions finish in the North? Last. Last. I actually think the North is sneaky. going to be, like, a lot better than people think. Like, I think the the Bear. I think it's the Bears and the Lions in the basement. I think the Vikings are going to be good this year. By the, by the way, Ryan Collins, Collins. Ryan Collins now has a popsicle in his hand. I thought it was a stick of pepperoni. <laughs> No, it's uh, it's like one of those outshine bars. They're fire, dude. They're so good. That looks <laughs> tremendous right now. But anyways, you think, you think the Vikings are going to be good? I don't like ice cream. I like popsicles. But what's it called? I, I think the Vikings are going to be good. I think the Packers will be obviously best team in the division. And then, like, I think the Bears is substantially have way more talent than us. So I, I think it's hard to pick us more than the basement. Am I crazy for that? Um. I, I don't think you're crazy, no, because I think that's what Vegas says. But, Rabs, what do you think? No, I, I actually think that – I think they'll finish dead last. I actually think that the Bears, Vikings, and, and Packers are all going to be a lot tighter in, in that race to first place in the North than people would think. I, I think the Vikings are – they're one of those teams that, you know – the Vikings can just like catch the wind the wrong way. And all of a sudden they're just like absolutely putrid. But I also think that they're, I mean, out of the division, they're the second, it, easily the second most polished team. And I think Kirk cousins every year kind of feels some of the heat, you know, and, and I look at him as, I mean, that's a guy like, like if Jared Goff could just do what Kirk cousins does and like not have those games where he's just like absolutely horrifying, like that's all the Lions need. Like, you know, he can make throws and keep you in a game, but I would I would say I actually think the Vikings will push the Packers for that top spot. And it's gonna be a lot tighter than people think. And I would anticipate the Bears. I actually think that Andy Dalton is is fine. Justin Fields will get an opportunity to play this year, whether it's 
an Andy Dalton injury or him being pulled out of a game because he stinks or whatnot. But Matt, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are, are, are both fighting for their lives. And, and Justin Fields was the guy that kind of like bought them some more time of to where it's like if they were to roll the balls out with Justin Fields right away and they absolutely sucked, like they, they you know, you could make a case for them being canned. But Justin Fields is that safety net of like, oh, well, Andy Dalton's our starter and it didn't work out with him, so we can buy some more time because now we're going to give Justin Fields the ball and see what he can do. And, well, he only played half the year because he took over for Dalton, so you can't fire us yet. Like that just – I think that I'm excited to watch Justin Fields play in Chicago. I really am. So I would say, yeah, Lions are in the basement. I think it's going to be tighter. Those, those other three teams will, will surprise everyone, I think. I mean, the, the people always expect the Packers to be good because of Aaron Rodgers. But I actually think the Minnesota's roster might be a bit better than, than the Packers, to be honest with you. I really do. And, and I think they'll be right up there. So I think that the three teams will be tight and the Lions will be a runaway for last place. Yeah, look, I think all the drama with the Packers and the, the gimmicky last dance bullshit, like – yeah, they're still they're still gonna win the division. They're still gonna get first, whatever. But but fuck that. I think the if, if I'm building on my previous answers and the Lions do go seven and ten, then I think they're gonna finish third in this division. I don't know. I don't know which team implodes. It might be the Vikings. I don't know if Mike Zimmer has full control of that locker room anymore. And then the Bears situation, as you alluded to, Ravs, Matt Nagy is just fighting for his life, and, and there's just no clarity at quarterback. Defense is still great, but like I think I see the Bears as kind of in a similar situation as the Lions on offense, like not a ton of skill players. So I don't really understand how they're going to move the ball. But um, last question here: What would have to happen for you to consider this a successful season? And Collins, we'll go to you first. And then you see a lot out of your young guys, and I think if the defense is like better than what we expect, I think it would be a successful year because I think the offense will have its moments, like on a. And then it's successful years. The defense looks a lot better, and it like you're competitive in most games. So you're not getting embarrassed week in, week out. Rabs, what do you think? What needs to happen for you to call this year success? Um, it's a great question. I would say I, I need to see. I would like to see Jeff Okuda play well. I think success to me is really going to be reliant on the defense, as Collins alluded to. They need to get pressure on the quarterback. And I actually think in the secondary, the more I think about it, you know, they're young. They, the secondary is very young, and I think they can fly for the most part if, you know, Jeff Okuda can get himself into another gear. Um, so I, I, I would say, you know, you, you got to be in games. Like, I, I, I can't – I know we'll get to the picks, but I've just got this weird feeling in the pit of my stomach that this could be like a 42 to like 13 – game like in favor of the Niners just because I don't know I, I I haven't watched any preseason ball not that I think that me watching preseason would give me a better feel for the team I really don't believe that at all um but I for, for whatever reason I just I don't know I I need to see close games and you don't have to win every game because you really don't have that upper echelon of talent that can go out and go get a game for you. You don't have Matthew Stafford anymore who's going to drive down the field in 30 seconds in the fourth quarter and win you a game. You'll be missing that this year, Waterford Lions fans. I can tell you that right now. You don't have that anymore. 
But I, I, truly, I, I want to see Jared Goff play well. I, I want to eat crow with Jared Goff. And I've never sat here and said that he's a bad quarterback. He's just not Matthew Stafford. And I and and as a game manager, fine. You don't need to be, you know, an, an unreal run and gun, like gunsling. You don't need to be Patrick Mahomes to win games in this league. You really don't. But, you know, and Jared Goff is not close to Patrick Mahomes, but just to see some competent play and like, okay, like, you know, he can, he'll keep you in games. He's not going to throw the ball away and, and you're losing your mind because they don't move the ball at all. But I know I gave a bunch of mumbo jumbo there, but I don't know. Just, just compete, please. Just, just give me a reason to watch. That's fair. That's fair. For me, I've got a couple things written down. Number one, just over five wins. So I get my money. I want to see Swift stay healthy and actually string together, you know, a really good, season as the bell cow he's questionable going into week one but he's going to play obviously um i also want to see you guys both talked about us so i won't harp on it but jeff okuda i want him to be the definitive cornerback one by the time the season's over and lastly i don't want to see any locker room drama all year i don't want like i i don't want this dan campbell high to just like get ruined because like some players hate each other or something, or there's some weird like fight. I get Dan Campbell's to be on like NFL Live every day just at his press conferences. Yeah, he's gonna be day. like he's gonna be crying because he's so proud of his guys from it's like, fighting. It's like, yeah, I don't can't spat here talking about Dan Campbell talking about how he once ate a football, just ate one. <laughs> like that will have something like that will happen. I don't yeah. think there's gonna be any issues with that. I, I think when 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 people. When players leave this Lions team or whenever the Dan Campbell era is gone in Detroit, whether it's incredibly successful, incredibly mediocre, somewhere in between, I don't think you're going to look back and people will be talking about Dan Campbell like Matt Patricia. I think there is a certain element of, you know, the message might be might get stale. And I don't I don't know if that's going to be the case with Dan Campbell, but the sentiment just being of, of again, we say it all the time. Winning cures everything. So. You know, Dan Campbell can do the rah-rah shtick, but if they're if they're gonna win five games the next three years, like that's we we've seen all we have to see. You know what I mean? Like that, like that it just clearly isn't there. Like they need to they need to win. That's I don't even I'm saying I'm stating the obvious. They need to win. Correct. So I just don't want to see any locker room drama. I want Dan Campbell to remain the alpha that he is from from point A to point B. And that's all. And that wraps up our little season preview, but now we got to do the picks. So, Rabs, you want me to turn it back over to you? Da, 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 da. We need to get that music back somehow. We need to figure that out. Um, yes, well, the we picks. We can't do our intro. We can't do that. What do you mean? Both copyrighted. We can't do that anymore? Didn't we? Did we not used to do it? Uh, well, we did. Intro- There's a lot of things we used to do that we weren't technically supposed to do. So, hopefully, yeah. you know. When, when we're rich and famous in about five years because the Lions won the Super Bowl and we're the number one podcast. It's not like any, not like any of the people listen to it that would like get yet mad at us. Right. Yeah, right. I, would, I would hope not. Um, okay, so we have game one, week one of the NFL season. The San Francisco 49ers come to Ford Field against your Detroit football Lions. That game is on Sunday, September 12th at 1 p.m. Johnson to be in section whatever, hammered. Just yeah. him and Detroit Don just crying tears of joy as the Honolulu Blue take the field. <laughs> yep, yep, I am. I'm gonna cry. I'll send you guys a Snapchat of my wet face when when I after after the Lions. I'm really excited to see the intro video. I am very excited to see the intro video because 
it was horrific in 2019. So they better fix that, but they better figure it out. I better see a lot of Dan Campbell in a, in a lot of like weird preseason highlights, but anyways, Rams go for it. The over under in this game is at 45. The spread is as follows. The lions are a seven and a half point underdog. Um, I guess I don't even remember like who won last year, who won the picks last year. Not me because I picked the you Lions. Did, the Are you was it me? We had a pitch scandal about the fact that you thought you were undefeated. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, as your as your champion, I guess I will as your reigning <laughs> champion. <laughs> I uh, I think that I will. Uh, I have the option here to go in whatever order I want. I'm gonna say I would like to go last. Let's go, uh, Collins. You can start. Trent, and then I will come up the rear. That okay. Wow. This is a surprise, you guys. I <laughs> actually think the Lions will cover week one. Yes, really? yes. Let's go, Collins. Seven and a half is a lot, especially on the road. Oh my it god! It is. I, I'm not saying they're a win. I think they lose, but like I could see the Lions losing by like a touchdown just week one because, again, I, like you saw the college football this weekend. It's different. Like it's going to be a real like culture. change. Teams like are actually in hostile environments. Yeah, again. culture shock. Yeah. What is that? What is that not right? I think you or, said culture change, but I, I, I thought you said culture, culture shock. Change. Same thing. Whatever. I, no, I it's not. It's, but yeah, culture shock. I think it's gonna actually like. I don't know. I think it's to be a lot taught like the emphasis on road games. Like not. I don't know. I it's gonna be back. Like I just think four fields are gonna be rocking. I think the Lions will have good energy in the first half and eventually. San Fran will pull away. What's the over under? 45. Uh, I like the over. Lions in the over. All right. Um, the Lions obviously cover, obviously, because the San Francisco. I would say obviously. Yeah, no, no, it, it, it is very obvious, <laughs> Collins. Come on. It, li- listen, je- I don't care who. The 49ers are so shady. And, and Shanahan is so shady with his – How are they shady? No, no, because every time he's asked about the quarterback, remember when he said that sauce-ass comment about, I don't even know who's going to be alive on, on, on Sunday or whatever. That's what Mel Tucker does. I'm going to execute yeah, but, our entire but, football team. Okay, look, look. That was unbelievable. I am getting – I'm going down a rabbit hole. My point is simply that Jimmy Garoppolo is not very good, okay? He's a system quarterback. I understand they have a pretty good roster – but I could totally see this Lions defense going out there and shocking the 49ers because they're stifling that offense a little bit. They don't make many big plays. It's similar to what the Lions are going to do this year. It's run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass. Trey Lance allegedly has a few packages, and I think if he comes in, that's when you could be in trouble a little bit. But I think the Lions offense is able to bend not – or the Lions defense is able to bend not break. The offense puts up some points, so I'm going to take the Lions to cover and the over – and I can't wait for kickoff. Rabs. Wow. I would actually say I, I'm going to start with the total. I do like the over. And I like the over because I think that this line is – or the, the total is so low because people probably think the Lions won't be able to move the ball. I would actually say that with, with Jared Goff, um, you know, again, competent quarterback, not an elite quarterback by any means, but I think they'll, they'll be able to put points on the board on this defense. I know the San Fran defense is great, but – you know, either way. Um, so I will take the over 45. I'm going to take the the Niners here on the spread. Um, it's no disrespect to the Lions whatsoever, but I, oh. I just I just think that the I just think the Niners have so many more weapons on both sides of the ball everywhere. 
And it's going to be, to me, it's going to be a bitch to, to tackle guys like Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon and Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Like, as well as the defense might play, I just think that you want to talk about guys that can, you know, can make plays. I just named you a bunch of guys. And Trey Lance will probably get some time. Jimmy Garoppolo, in a certain sense, is fighting for his, for his job. Look, I, 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 I don't want to cut you off. Quarterback. I, yep. I don't want to cut you off. I can't wait to see Derek Barnes lock up George Kittle. Go ahead. Carry on. Oh, God. There, prove my point exactly. George Kittle. Yeah, I, I, this could be I, whatever. Seven and a half, it is a lot of points as, as a, you know, to be a home underdog. First game of the year, you're going to have, you know, probably the, the, the most excited this team will be unless they're somehow, like, competing for a playoff spot late in the year. Um but I, I can just I, – I see this as one of those games that, you know, it, it's going to be loud as shit because everyone's going to be back in the building. I think the hype video is actually going to be great before the game. And I think there's going to be a brief moment where everyone in that stadium is going to genuinely believe that they can do something this year. And it's going to take, like, one quarter and everyone's going to be brought back down to earth. And I just think the Niners will, will, will be in control of the game the entire game. And they could win by like 10 like that. And that's not, that's not crazy. I don't call that a blowout by any means, but you know, again, you don't have Matthew Stafford leading you down the field to, to, to keep the game close at the end of the game. So that's that for me. All right. I don't know. We'd have to check the tape on this. I don't know if Collins and I have ever been in agreement and Rabs is the contrarian. I don't like in the picks. I don't think yeah, Collins and I have ever picked the exact same thing. And, and Rabs has gone off like any argument. Trent, you might be you might be right on that, Trent. This, this, that was a very rare. Uh, yeah, we're gonna look at the film. Um, we're gonna do better. We're gonna come back next year. Uh, we're gonna or ne- next week. We're gonna look at the film. We'll bring you the statistics. Yeah, we can get some saber metrics on that. Yeah. All right, we got anything else? That's it. One pride, baby. One pride. There it is, Trent. Way to bring it back and, and wrap it up all full circle. So hey, football's back. Uh, anyone going to Ford Field, Trent? You know, you'll be at four. You should make a video on Saturday of you're just tearing up at the national anthem. Oh, I, pro- I will. Like no, I will. Sean Marino, the tears. Yeah, that's Trent. <laughs> that, that's no, that's not when Trent does it. Not in the national anthem when fucking gridiron gets it back out there and says, forward down the field. Trent is just tears just coming out of his body. Yes. Yep. I will be there with my arms linked to my brothers who I love dearly, who I suffer with. And and love the high highs. It, look, it's just it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Hit me up if you're in Detroit. Hit me up, people. Bang my yeah, line. TB <laughs> will be down there signing autographs. But hey, that is all for today's episode of the Motown Rundown for the 2021-22 Detroit Lions season preview. Um, I actually don't have. You know how I always go through my thing of like. For, you know, hey, that's hey, all forever. No, no, I don't okay. have it, but I think I have it committed to memory. No, no. Maybe if you don't do it, it'll like be reverse psychology and they, the people will do it. Should I hold on? Let, let me think. That's all for today's episode of the Motown rundown for Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins. I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Uh, something about if you have submit any questions, any questions comments, or, yes. yeah, submit any questions, comments, or concerns uh, on our Twitter page at Motown underscore rundown. We're on Facebook too, Motown rundown. Search it up, like it up. We appreciate it. Don't miss a single episode of the show. We're on Apple Podcasts and we're on Spotify. Go follow us, subscribe, whatever you got to do. It, it's free for you. I don't know why you wouldn't. You can you can support us. You know, give us five stars. Say something nice. If you don't have ni- something nice to say, don't say it at all. Um, but after this week, we will be re- dropping episodes every single Monday after Lions games. Assuming the Lions games pl- are on Sunday, 
I know they have a Monday night game against the Packers, I think somewhat early in the schedule, but yeah, that's a way Motown Mondays are back. Motown Mondays are back. 